So as we're talking about Sesame Street, there, of course, is that age-old question. And we'll get to that question later on. But um, I first heard this question asked um, about 40 years ago at this point. That's when I started watching Sesame Street. Um, it looked a little bit more like this. This is what we would call today classic um, Sesame Street, which is a real thing. It's on Netflix still, I think. But, um, you know, back back in the early days of Sesame Street, it looked a little bit uh, different. Um, it wasn't as the, the street wasn't necessarily as vibrant. Um, the buildings were kind of run down. Um, sometimes there was even trash in the street and things were just a little bit uh, grungier and, you know, just just looked a little bit different. And the bright colors that you would see out of that was not from the, the buildings or the sets. It was from the characters. It was from characters like, um, you know, Cookie Monster, who had control issues or maybe lack of control issues. It was the Count, who was really creepy, uh, but really smart. And it was, you know, Bert and Ernie, two guys living life together. And uh, Oscar, of course, who didn't like anybody, but was still a part of the community. Um, you had Big Bird, who was kind of sort of the leader of the group sometimes, but, you know, still had um, still thought like a child, even though he was really big and maybe seen as the leader um, and oftentimes would find things that were too big for him uh, to get through by himself. You had um, Grover, who was just really, really into everything and just over over uh, energized and over everything sometimes. And then, of course, Snuffy, but you can't see Snuffy because he's imaginary. That was my favorite. But you also saw the beautiful colors, not just in the Muppets, not just in the monsters, but also in the people. And all of this helped us to see that when you were able to get on Sesame Street, everyone was able to live together. Everyone was able to find community. Everyone was able to get through whatever realities, uh, however challenging, they could get through it together. It was a great celebration and joy of diversity. So, um, you know, you fast forward 40 years and the street has changed a little bit. It's, it's a little bit cleaner. It's a little bit more colorful in terms of the buildings and of the streets. Things are a little bit more vibrant, but you're still addressing these realities that you would find really on any street. And one of the uh, realities that Sesame Street lifts up from time to time is not just how do we love all people, but more specifically, how do we do this in the reality of racism? And th this was, you know, they tackle this every once in a while. I remember one from the 90s that for me anyway was really, really powerful. But a few years ago, they even had a special Sesame Street presents the power of we. And it was in this episode where Muppets and monsters and people come together and, and talk about what does it mean to experience racism and then what does it mean to speak to racism? And one of the questions, of course, that is asked very importantly through the mind of a child, but for all of us to reexamine is what do we even mean when we say racism? And so what they talked about is, well, when one person treats another person differently because of how they look whether it's the color of their skin or it's their hairstyle or whatever it is, when someone sees another person and based on how they look, that is how they decide to treat them. 
one way that they explained this from a kid's point of view is they had a cartoon analogy of playing superheroes. And so you have all these different kids coming together and, and there's a, a trunk sitting in the middle of the park and it's full of costumes. And so the kids decide to pull out their favorite costume so they can be their favorite heroic character. And um, you have a white kid and a kid of color grabbing the same costume. And the child who's white says, you can't be this superhero. This superhero is white and just pulls the costume out of the other kid's hands, puts it on and, you know, goes, has go and has fun while the child of color just stands there looking heartbroken and realizing how alone he is in that moment. Now, this struck a specific chord with me because, as you know, I love superheroes, um, but this is a real thing. Every so often you see a new hero of color kind of come on the scene and there's always these comments of why do we need someone who looks like this? Or even more so when you have a person of color taking on a superhero character who has been traditionally white, that really seems to ruffle feathers. We've seen this with Superman. Um, there are in, in the age of the multiverse where there are multiple characters, you have a Superman who is African-American and there have been commentary about that. Um, it has been suggested uh, Captain America, for example, uh, could be a person of color and individuals have taken issue with that. This has literally happened in the comic books where Captain America's partner, Sam Wilson, formerly known as the Falcon, takes over. For Captain America. In fact, this has even happened in the movies now. And part of the elements that Sam has to deal with is you have people protesting the fact that Captain America is now black. So much so that people are holding up signs saying, not my Captain America. This is not just in fiction. We've also been hearing this in real life. Spider-Man now has a friend of the same name, who is someone who is both African-American and Hispanic, a young man by the name of Miles Morales, who has become uh, a second Spider-Man. And people are saying, why do we need this? Why do we need someone who looks like this taking on that name? But there have also been stories in Spider-Man's history where this is very much how he is seen. Because, again, remember, his costume covers his entire body. So it's not much of a stretch of imagination to imagine that maybe Spider-Man under that suit is whoever we need him to be, including being a person of color. So these are very real realities that we experience, not just in real life, but also in fiction, because it is sometimes our heroes in fiction, like Sesame Street, who helps us to process these very real realities. So, for example, back to the power of we in Sesame Street, one of the Muppets by the name of Gabrielle talks about, so what do we do with this? What do we do when people treat others in a, in a negative way, in a, in a bad way, because of how they look? And she talks about how we can't just stand by and let things like that happen. We cannot be bystanders. She suggests we need to be upstanders. We need to be upstanding citizens and we need to stand up to these realities when we see them happen. She talks about how we need to listen to people who have been harmed because of the realities of racism. We need to listen to them with our ears, but we also, she says, need to listen to them with our hearts. 
So, for example, you may remember uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Nikki in her sermon talked about how we were working toward and gearing up to a community listening event. That is something that we will be having on Sunday, October uh, 15th from 5 to 7. Um, we're still working on the location because um, we're, we're not sure how many people we're going to have yet, but uh Keep your eyes open uh, for a time to register for that. And what this will be is listening to individuals in our community who have been impacted by realities like these, whether it is racism or realities of immigration or being a part of the LGBT uh, plus community. We will take an opportunity to listen to how it is to live in Lakeland in these realities being who they are. And what does it mean to listen not just with our ears, but also with our hearts? So once again, October 15th, we'll have more information uh, for that probably within this next week. But Gabrielle also talks about, so what is the solution? What do we do once we hear about these realities, when we hear about these stories? To be an upstander, what do we do? And so, of course, in the magic of Sesame Street at the moment, the solution was a virtual community sing-along where you have many people coming together and singing about what it means to not just uh, let something like this happen, but to stand up, to speak to it, to sing to it, and to say that we will speak into the reality of something like racism. For, she says, that is the power of we when all of us do this together. And see, the beauty of that is that the power is not about winning an argument. And really, the power is not about winning anything. But the power is in showing those who have been harmed by the realities of racism that they are not alone, that they are not isolated, that they are not cut off, that we do see them for who they are and we love them for who they are, while at the same time speaking to those powers of racism not just letting it slide, but to say this is not something that we do when we care for other people. This is not just a reality in Sesame Street. This is the reality that Jesus lived by, not just caring for those who were hurt or harmed, but also standing up to and speaking to the powers and the systems that caused that harm in the first place. And so if Jesus does both these things, it is the question for us as Jesus's followers, will we also do both? Will we sit with those who are harmed and will we stand up to the systems that are doing the harming? James's letter puts it this way. My dear friends, do not let public opinion influence how you live out our glorious Christ originated faith. If a person enters your church wearing an expensive suit and a street person, maybe even a Sesame Street person wearing rags, comes in right after them. And you say to the one in the suit, sit here. This is the best seat in the house. And either ignore the street person or say, better sit here in the back row. Have you not segregated? Have we not segregated God's children and proved that we are judges who cannot be trusted. God chose the world's down and out as the kingdom's first citizens with full rights and privileges. This kingdom is promised to anyone who loves God. 
Kind mercy wins over harsh judgment every time. So what is that question? That question that this show, this beloved show existing for decades, what is that question? And it's in the lyrics of the song. In the beginning, as it's described, how wonderful Sesame Street is, sunny days, chasing the clouds away, on my way to where the air is sweet. You remember the question? Can you tell me? Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? How do I get there? Which way do I go? Which path do I take? What direction do I need to go in? How do I inherit the kingdom of God? And of course, the lesson each and every time, each and every episode, each and every story, each time we find ourselves in that street, the message is the same over and over and over again. It's not about how do I get to Sesame Street? It is how do I be Sesame Street? How do I live Sesame Street, no matter what street I find myself in? Because every street can be Sesame Street. How do I inherit the kingdom of God? How do I get the kingdom of God? Jesus' answer is always the same. You live the kingdom of God. You be the kingdom of God. Do this and you will live. Another character in this episode, Tamar, says, we have the power to make things better. We already have the power to make things better. It is not about what we get. It is about how we live. He says, when we stand together, we have the power to make things better. We already have the power to be Sesame Street. Do this, be this, and you will live the kingdom of God. Do this, be this, and you will already live on Sesame Street. How do we get to Sesame Street? We're already there. And sometimes we might forget that. And sometimes we need our friends to remind us how it is that Sesame Street, the kingdom of God, lives within us. May not only this be the reminder, but all of us be that reminder to each other as we go out into the world, as we stand up to systems like racism that tell others that they cannot be who they are, we say, yes, they can, because that's what God is saying to us. So may we go out and may we stand up to those forces that push people down and may we be the ones that stand people back up and say, you are welcome as you are. That's what it means to live in the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be on Sesame Street. So may we go into our streets and may we go in peace. Amen.